Today, our readings look at the relationship between living by following the law or living the law. But first, a prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to my God and my Redeemer. The passage from Matthew chapter 5 forms part of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus sat down with his disciples and delivered a talk about how they, the disciples, and we should live. This forms part of our understanding of what the kingdom of God is like. Do we have a vision of what the church should look like? Over the last year, I'm sure many of us have searched Google for other churches. Some we know, others are new. Or have we gone on to podcasts to see what other churches are doing? If we like what we hear, we can follow them. If not, it's closed now. A few weeks ago, I found myself listening to a preacher at a church in Cambridge. I liked what I heard, and I thought he was a vibrant preacher. So I went back to that church only to find he was a visiting preacher. I searched for him and found him. He was preaching on Easter Sunday, and I expected to hear a barnstorming sermon. What I heard surprised me, for in the middle of the sermon, he started talking about their project and the need to raise four million pounds. My reaction was, I know a team who could help. But then I wondered what a non-Christian would think who has stumbled on this service. Would they think, here goes the church again, rattling the begging bowl? So those who are listening to Jesus's words were radical. Turn their views upside down. Were they expecting to hear something about the Jewish tradition? But Jesus talked about what the kingdom of God is like. Many of those who were listening expected to hear a message about the Messiah, who is to come and be a warrior to defeat the Romans and restore the Jewish kingdoms. But that was not what Jesus had in mind. And the internet is like a shop window. You can browse, stay or go as you wish. So what is church? What do we expect in a church? Is it rule-based, Ten Commandments, and these early chapters in Matthew? The righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees was all about rule-keeping. Do this, don't do that. But the righteousness that Jesus asks of his followers is not only greater, but different. It is about loving, loving God and loving our fellow human beings and showing that love in every way we can. True religion is the religion of the heart. Jesus saw the good in the Pharisees, 
but challenge them against any hypocrisy. It goes on to encourage us to live by one of the most difficult situations in life, to forgive and be reconciled with others. Jesus lived that himself to the last moments of the cross when he forgave all who brought him to die. The rest of our life is just like that. You serve God by serving your neighbour. And you serve your neighbour by serving God. You see, God doesn't need anything that we have. He doesn't need it for himself. And strangely, he doesn't need it for any, anyone else either. He will use it if we give it. But he can do it without us quite nicely. He has for thousands of years before we were born. The really difficult thing about the gospel is that God has chosen to include us, to take what we give to serve him and to use it for the welfare of the people around us. He takes our time and talents and our willingness to put ourselves out for someone else and uses it for the benefit of someone else, someone around us, a neighbour, a fellow Christian, a family member. So every part of our life is fair game as a gift to God and a service to him. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 12. I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. But we can't bring something to God if we are withholding something from our brother, if we are carrying anger or hatred or just plain apathy towards our brother, we cannot serve God or give him a gift because we serve God in our neighbor or brother, which is to say that when we give anger or hatred to our neighbor, we are giving that to God. So Jesus says in verse 20, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Put things to right with the people you can see before we try to come to God. Is that radical or what? God actually expects us to be really and thoroughly and deliberately Christian. He expects us to think through our words and our behaviours in the light of our faith, which is to say in the light of his presence. Jesus' point in the Sermon on the Mount was that God sees the heart and that we are actually held to a higher standard that external conformity to a set of rules. 
the Pharisees taught that as long as you did the things, you were holy. Jesus said, not so, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is teaching the necessity of having a heart to follow God, putting on an act and going through the motions of serving God is dishonest. It is also futile because God sees through the mask we wear. A person who pretends to be holy on the outside yet nurtures a sinful heart is a hypocrite. The Pharisees who everyone thought were holy were guilty of such a position. God doesn't want more religious activity. He wants a heart dedicated to him. Holiness starts on the inside. Where does that place the churches who have a footing on the internet? Is it all about just uploading a service? Or is, it, is there something else for the church to do? Is it all about doing the services? Or is it about seeking the lost and the lonely and those who are without? Maybe we should walk the talk and walk humbly with Christ, reflect, reflecting him in all that we do. Let's be still for a moment. Father God, we pray that your laws will be written in our hearts, that we may learn to forgive when we feel we have been wronged. Amen.